0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory.
2: Well, we're just about to the end of the year, have you taken your required minimum distribution? To miss it would be a pretty significant mistake, potentially. In fact, there's a whole host of other financial planning mistakes that can happen with your required minimum distribution and, and drawing that the correct way. We're going to unpack those, sharing our thoughts on how you can avoid this on today's episode. That's right. RMDs. It's it's that time, guys. It's that time. If you have a question, a question for the show or
1: need any help, need any assistance, we're here to help. Call or Texas 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us. Submit questions there as well. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. So, yeah, it is time. It's it's RMD. So if, if you need to take a required minimum distribution, you've got a couple weeks left. That's calendar year. It's got to be done. Or if you're listening to this saying, ah, that's a, a long way away. Well, what about your folks? Do your folks need to take an RMD and and have you ensured that they've done that? The rules have changed. And yet um, we do as financial planners doing comprehensive financial planning, looking at all six areas of someone's financial life. We see people make some common RMD mistakes when they see that as just an event, as opposed to looking at it as a financial planning opportunity. So we're going to share those most common mistakes. But let's first start with the updates. It's changed quite a bit. So what what's changed with
0: RMD? And Mike, at the risk of hijacking things just a little bit, th- th- when you think about what is a required minimum distribution, I think back to early in my career, and I was sitting at the kitchen table uh, with some folks who became very good friends, and they thought that when they turned 70 and a half, and this was 1995, so... 70 and a half was the age. But they thought when they turned 70 and a half, they had to take all of their IRA money out of their IRA and pay taxes on all of it. And this is very confusing. Now, it's not confusing to us because we've been eat, sleeping and breathing this stuff for the last um, collectively 100 years but, or so. I'm an optimist. But, but, <laughs> this, but I, it's important to understand if you say RMD requirement, what in the world is this? the the a requirement distribution means that once you hit a certain age, you're required to take a certain amount out of your retirement plans. that's that's a simple. Uh, Josh could probably simplify that, but uh, no I,
2: I think that's that's the right idea. And that certain age is one of the things that has changed here. Uh, with, with recent tax laws. In fact, uh, the SECURE Act 1.0 adjusted the age. SECURE Act 2.0 adjusted it again. So, boy, if, if you dialed into these rules, you thought you understood them, and then um, took your eye off the ball, boy, they, they may have changed, and, and you may not actually have a current understanding. So we're going to bring you up to speed on that. But as it stands right now, here in 2023, those who are age 73 on up, uh, have to take this required minimum distribution. age seventy three is the new starting age, or the required beginning age. And technically, if you turn seventy three this year, you have up until April of next year to get it done. You get a little bit of bonus period um, to to start drawing your required minimum distribution, but that's only the first year.
1: Yeah, technically, and I don't mean to uh, split hairs here, but if you turned 73 this year, you were 72 last year. So you took your first RMD last year when the rules were 72. So no one knew aged into RMD this year. But next year, next year, if you're turning 73, technically you have until April of the following year to draw. But then you've got to double up. You've got to take two RMDs in that one year. And I, you're going to want to do the tax planning to see That's if right. that makes the most sense. Yep. So, so it used to be 70 and a half. Why do you guys think they chose
0: 70 and a half? Well, Mike, that is an, it's an incredibly logical age. I mean, <laughs> when you think about like big milestone ages in your life, I think of ages like, when you hit fifty-nine and a half yeah. or seventy and a half, <laughs> yeah, and so um, it's kind of like your sweet sixteen or right, you know.
1: I mean, the question is, why not pick seventy and a half? It's so logical. So it's it was seventy and a half for forever. They moved it to seventy-two, and then, as Josh mentioned uh, at the at the beginning of the year with the Secure Act, two they moved it to age seventy-three. Now it's seventy-three if you were born between nineteen fifty-one and through nineteen fifty-nine. So it's only going to last for about 10 years, starting in 2033. So for those of you born in 1960 or later, your RMD is going to be 75 unless they change it again. That's right. They built it to this, to this most recent change. They built in another change coming. So uh, but other than that, it makes perfect sense. And uh, so anyway, I, I feel like I've had more conversations with folks over the past couple of years about this anticipation of, wait a second, do I need to do it? Because there's this. Concern, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to, I'm going to be required, and I'm going to miss it. And that's one of the, I, I would argue, one of the significant benefits of, of having a certified financial planner. They've got this on their radar because it is a financial planning issue that you need to plan around.
2: Yeah, you think about the all the processes and procedures that we in our firm have in place to help make sure that clients don't miss their required minimum distributions. Uh, Not only that first year, but then every year after that, it's still a requirement. And you you don't want to just get busy enjoying retirement and forget one of these compliance obligations that you have. Well,
1: if you do, there's a slap on the wrist. And and it used to be... slap with a metal ruler or (laughs) like they threw the eraser at you sort of thing. It was a pretty stiff penalty. Part of the Secure Act 2.0, they've reduced the penalty a little bit as well. Josh, you've got those details?
2: Yeah, the penalty, we always used to say, man, this is one of the the steepest penalties in the entire tax code. It it used to be that if you missed your required minimum distribution, you would not only have to make that up, you know, draw the, the right amount out when you discover it pay the taxes on that IRA distribution, but then on top of that, pay a 50% penalty. 50. Whatever you were supposed to draw out and didn't, it's going to be 50% um, penalty. They've since reduced that, cut it in half, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Now the penalty is 25%, still nasty. Um, But there's also a rule that, that says if you get it fixed within a Uh, in a timely basis, uh, which I I believe is defined as within a couple years after its original due date or or the year it was supposed to be drawn, then the penalty can drop down to 10%. I don't
1: understand this. And and Kevin, before we turned on uh, and started recording, it doesn't make sense. Why? Why would you change this penalty? It almost makes it feel like, okay, this is required. Yeah. I mean, it's still 25% is a
0: steep penalty, yeah. but yeah. to have
1: a couple of years, grace yeah. period? It's,
0: it's a little confusing. And when you look at the tax code, it's voluntary compliance. So you you are expected to know the rules and comply with the rules. You don't have to. Um, but it, it appears as though the IRS is getting even better at using tools like artificial intelligence and the 87,000. Uh, new agents that they're trying to hire, like they are going to find this stuff, and and you will get slapped with the penalty. Yeah. And so this, the you know, the confusing thing is, I'm sitting here listening and 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 thinking about this. We we will meet with three or four clients a day. And we'll help them make sure they've got their required minimum distribution, it's the right amount and and make sure they understand what their options are what what can they do with those dollars that they pull out of their retirement plan? What should they probably not do with those dollars? We do that three or four times a day. If you are an individual, you might you need you need to do that once a year so mm-hmm. when I don't know about you, but whenever I have something to do once a year. <laughs> I find that I tend to do it on the very last moment that I possibly can do it. And if you're doing your required minimum distributions that way, it might not, you might not come up with the best answer. That's why Mike yeah. was talking about having a guide, having a, a Sherpa, someone who knows what they're doing, helping you figure out how, what should I take out, when should I take it out, and what should I make sure I'm doing or not doing with those dollars.
2: I'm so glad you pointed to the fact that this is only once a year that you're dealing with this, and so w- when I have to do something once a year, it's like relearning every single time as well. So yeah. I I love that advice to make sure you have someone walking with you to make sure you're doing it right, doing it on time.
1: The, so so changing one one of the updates we just shared is changing the penalty amount, still a stiff amount. So don't 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 flirt with that. There's another change and update that we that we want to share, and that's on uh inheriting an account from someone that's that's not that's a family member that's not your spouse and then uh common rmd mistakes so we've got that more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group
0: this is wise money with Corehorn financial group
1: how's how's required minimum distribution work when you have multiple accounts iras Maybe an old 401k, 403b. How does that work? We're helping with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Cohorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Cohorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Finance us online wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right, so we're talking about RMD and yeah we were just leaving off with anything that you need to do just once a year you're probably dreading it and you might delay and push it off um you might not be very creative and just feel like oh, i gotta get this done and then if uh if if the rules have changed or if it's difficult yeah you you might not want to do it alone well here we are it's the end of the year if you are subject to a required minimum distribution and you haven't taken it yet do not delay you you've got to get this thing done uh, before the calendar year. So do that. But we're, we're going to talk through some of the most common mistakes here in, in just a second. But um, one last update in regards to required minimum distribution is part of the SECURE Act 1.0 that was passed in November of 2019, pre-COVID. Change the rules with how required minimum distributions work when you inherit a retirement account from someone that you're not married to. So a non-spouse beneficiary. OK, so this would be examples like the rules are a little bit different if you or you've got another choice when your spouse passes away and you inherit their retirement account
2: versus if you're inheriting it from a parent, for from, example. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so those rules in before Secure Act 1.0, you had the option of stretching that account out for your entire life, meaning you had to do a required minimum distribution, calculate that and at least draw a little bit out every single year, but you were never forced to draw the entire thing out. You could take as much as you want, but you had to take as little, or you could take as little as just this required amount out. They called that stretching your, your, uh, your IRA. Well, the Secure Act 1.0 introduced a 10-year rule, which meant you needed to empty the account within 10 years, but they weren't clear on whether you needed to continue to do a required minimum distribution, but then also have the account emptied in 10 years.
2: So in other words, could you just stop all distributions, let the IRA ride for, for 10 years, and in the 10th year, empty the whole thing all in one shot?
1: Yeah, so here we are, end of 2023, this rule came out in 2019, it's still not clear. (laughs) and <laughs> the IRS has said they had contradictory language in the original publication that got all sorts of people confused. They said, okay, wait, we'll take a flyer on this. Send us your feedback and opinions. People have done that several times and the IRS has continued to come out with updates saying, we'll update you later. We'll <laughs> decide later. Most likely, most likely it appears as though if the person you're inheriting the money from was subject to RMDs already. They were already ta- they were past their required beginning date. Then you're going to need to take them as well and still withdraw the account out in 10 years. And and if that's you, you may want to do that. Officially though, the IRS is still punting and they haven't come out with a final final declaration.
2: And so. that doesn't mean you can't find opinions on the internet though. Right. Right, there are people writing articles and giving guidance on this and that they, they may just be um, being extra conservative or cautious and saying, "Hey, it's probably safest to keep doing a required minimum distribution along the way," that won't have you m- most likely emptying the account by the ten year mark, and so you'll eventually need to be doing more than the required minimum uh, amounts. But uh, yeah, this this question of how much flexibility do you really have inside of that ten year mark? Um, This is still up for debate.
1: So listen, this is an entire show. There's lots of, I mean, lots to unpack here. We're we're going to leave it at that, and we'll update you more as the IRS makes clear what the rules are. All right. But
0: if you wanted to play it safe, how would you do it?
1: I'd I'd take it out. I'd I'd take the withdrawal. Um, Even though the latest update, which I think was September, um, says that if you were if if it if they later determine you were subject to take required distributions, but you hadn't. They've extended the grace period apparently from the latest publication. Extended the grace period through 2023, and but- doubled the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny.
0: Sorry, S- sorry about that. <laughs> All
1: right, so let's let's transition right because um, the RMD the rules have changed. It is required. There's penalties, and and because you're only doing it once a year, and it doesn't need to start until you're, in your 70s, this is rife with mistakes. And while you could say, well, a mistake is forgetting to do it, done. Now, from a planning standpoint, there's tons of mistakes, mm-hmm. okay? So let's let's hit the first one, and that is n- misapplying or misunderstanding the rules about how required minimum distributions work when you have multiple accounts, specifically different IRAs, different old 401ks, old 403bs.
2: Yeah, and that's fairly common, right? I mean, a lot of people have had multiple employers along the way, and... Each time you change jobs, if you leave a 401k behind and just sort of let it ride, and then with a the new employer, you start up a fresh one and contribute there for a few years, you could you could get to the point where you have multiple retirement accounts and maybe even different types of retirement accounts. For example, you have a 401k or two or three, and maybe you have uh, some IRAs as well, and it is true that maybe all of those are traditional accounts maybe not one of those dollars has ever been taxed before and you're going to have to start drawing money out of those accounts each year when you reach age uh, 73 but the the question is uh, one of mechanics you know the logistics of how you draw those those accounts out if you have lots of iras you could calculate what is the required minimum distribution for all my iras And then you could just pick one of them to draw it out of. Yep. You don't have to draw a proportionate amount out of every single one of those IRAs, but that's not how it works for your 401ks. If you have more than one 401k, you have to do the same calculation, and each 401k account has to satisfy its own required minimum distribution. Yep. There's a whole other animal out there, a 403b. If you work for a school or a nonprofit organization, and that's the type of retirement plan that they've offered for you. If you've got multiple 403Bs out there, you can aggregate just the 403Bs together as well. So it's like, good grief, why can't we coordinate uh, all of these different sections of the tax code so that they all apply the same way? Well, it's a complicated tax code, and unfortunately, you and your certified financial planner have to get the logistics right so that you don't miss uh, some of the requirements.
0: And what you said is kind of—I would just say it's mostly true because that—it's very easy that some confusion just got created. Um, and this is this is the case for working with an advisor, but also simplifying think occam's razor like the the simplest solution is the best and simplifying i met with some folks and they said hey well you know we've got a big chunk of money and so um if if we hire you to be our advisor we'll have you manage half of it and i think well what what an what an you more than doubled the work Mm -hmm. Uh, just just for the record in that that invites unrewarded risk and portfolio overlap all kinds of things that are are unnecessary and unwanted when you look at optimizing your investments but when you when you look at this we we live uh, here we work here there's a small uh, private Catholic school in our backyard called Notre Dame Mm -hmm. and they have lots of folks that come through Notre Dame that we end up serving, and it's quite often the case that folks have TIA craft accounts from a different university. They start at Notre Dame. Now, if they were old, if they've been there for a while, they've got TIA craft and Fidelity, and then they go to the next school, and they might have TIA craft again. Well, they're... There are some accounts, and I've helped these people, where you can't um, aggregate this particular account. So you need to understand what's the difference between a 403b and a 457, and these different types of plans. Because if you heard Joshua say, "Hey, if you got 403bs, you can just aggregate them all, uh, take the big number, divide it by the divisor, and that's your number," it it. It'd be easier than you think to make a mistake in, in that situation. I, I, would,
1: I would encourage it. I mean, Occam's razor or whatever, I, it, it, we want to simplify your financial life. Think about just managing investment strategies, managing beneficiary changes, managing it, if and when something happens to you. When you get to RMD age, if you've got this much complexity of I, I've got these accounts and these accounts and this one, I can aggregate these. I have to keep separate. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if you needed assistance with that, would someone even be able to understand that process? Work with the CFP, simplify your financial life. All right, more common RMD mistakes, that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The social security, drawing social security, does that impact your required minimum distribution? Well, it definitely impacts the planning for it. We're going to explain that. We're hitting that more right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Cohorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KF2 studios, Kevin Cohorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content videos and, and all sorts of resources are on The Wise Money YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications everywhere every time we drop new content and cash uh, well over a thousand videos there. So So go to YouTube, check it out. Okay, we're hitting RMD, required minimum distributions, this weird thing that Kevin helped define right at the beginning of the show, and that is for your pre-tax retirement accounts, when you reach a certain age, the IRS, there's long been a rule that, hey, you've avoided tax on this money for so long, we're gonna force you to start taking some money out. Every year, you've gotta do this calculation, and that calculation determines the minimum amount out that you're required to draw. Now, you can take out more than that, it's fine, But you've got to take out that minimum amount. And I'll just tell you right now, one of the mistakes that's not on the list is people not calculating that. Just I'll take the same as last year. I'll take the same as last year and totally missing it. Okay, so make sure you do that calculation each year. But but what are some of the most common mistakes with this? Well, the second one, this next one that we're going to hit is not being aware of how now drawing dollars, being required to draw dollars out of your IRA influences the taxation of Social Security.
2: Yeah, if, if you thought you fully understood how Social Security was gonna work for you, and you've been maybe retired for a few years, maybe you started drawing Social Security right out of the gate, but never started drawing anything out of your IRAs or your, your 401Ks until it was required of you, then this is a game changer for you. Because um, Social Security, we often get the question from newly retired or about to be retired uh, individuals, Hey, how's my social security going to be taxed? or will it even be taxed? And the answer is always, well, it depends. It depends on your other sources of income. And uh, there's there's a complicated calculation that we often refer to where you take half of your social security and add up all your other sources of income to measure it against a certain threshold. And that's what determines whether or not any of that Social Security actually gets counted on the tax return for you. Uh, hopefully, that's not too confusing. But if it is, don't, don't be uh, alarmed. Everybody's confused by this. So, so here's the scenario,
1: and we, we see this all the time. Um, it, with this generation, there's um, more frugality. If I were to just paint with a broad brush and you're drawing Social Security and you're taking $1,000 a month out of your IRAs. And those are your sources of income. Maybe you've got some interest and dividends, and, but that's pretty much it because maybe you're past the go-go years of retirement and you're into the slow go or no-go, and that's what's going on. But then when, it, when you do the calculation, well, you're taking 12 grand out of your IRAs, but when you calculate your required amount, well, you actually need to be taking out 25 grand total. So you take out the extra 13,000 and thinking, well, there's not going to be much tax on that or you know what, I'll withhold 10% on that because some of it might be taxable. Thinking that well, 13,000 is the increase in your taxable income. But the increase in your taxable income is more like 21,000 because that $13,000 of additional IRA income that lands on your return also pulls another 10 to 12 grand of social security onto the taxable line of your Social Security, and, and I am not exaggerating. Those those are not exact numbers, but they yeah. are pretty
0: stinking close. Yeah. You
1: get to a point where every dollar of additional income is pulling almost a dollar of Social Security onto that taxable return as well.
0: Okay, so I don't know what you just heard Mike say, but don't hear him say, all your Social Security you're going to pay in tax, and i i guess we're talking about common misconceptions on this show one of the common misconceptions and i've heard it a number of times by folks that have said well i'm not drawing social security yet because when i do i'm going to pay it all back in taxes anyway and so this stuff is confusing don't mm-hmm. if if you think that uh, don't feel bad it's confusing yeah. but that actually is not the case what you will do, as Mike said, you're going to have 100% of your Social Security. You could pay taxes on up to 85% of that, depending on what your income is above your Social Security. So that money comes over for you to pay taxes on. But I'd rather pay taxes on 85% of a dollar than pay $0.85 cents in taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: it is. it is very confusing. I guess the point is if you need to be aware proactively, proactively through tax planning, all right, Will, when I start drawing my required minimum distribution, is that going to influence how Social Security is, is taxed and what my tax picture looks like so that you're uh, you're aware and can plan appropriately for withholdings?
2: Well, and it's not only proactive, but it's repeatedly. Every single year, you yeah. need to be running these types of tax projections especially in the fall, as you see how the year has shaken out, you figure out, is this a year where I'm taking that minimum amount of distribution from my IRA? Or did I need more because of some activities or some big expenses in in retirement? But the amount of money that you pull out of the IRA, whether it's because you wanted to, or because the government forced you to take the minimum amount, either way, it affects the calculation of how much Social Security is going to be counted on your tax return. And so it's a moving target from year to year because your behaviors are going to be different from year to year on uh, distributing money from the IRA. That's
1: right. And if you don't have withholdings currently happening on your Social Security check, and then all of a sudden you've got this additional withdrawal amount out of your IRA and don't withhold appropriately, it could mean a nasty tax surprise. and, And that's something you want to avoid. So do the tax planning work hopefully proactively so you're well ahead of this and have tax diversification anyway and and maybe avoid this this mistake altogether but uh but but do the planning around it all right speaking of planning next mistake that we see from people i i would of the ones on this list i would say this is probably the most common mistake and that is taking your required minimum distribution but then also Donating out of your
0: pocket to a church or charity. So yeah.
1: it, explain this mistake.
0: Well, you you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution from your retirement plan directly to.
1: I Just just in the spirit of being precise, from your IRA, not from your retirement
0: plan. That's you can't, sure. can't do that
1: from a 401k or 403b, 457.
0: It's got to be from an IRA. Good pointer. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. That's what I was saying. So you can, take, you can take this money from your IRA, and it's likely this IRA is all pre-tax money, so you've never paid taxes on it. You take the money out of the IRA and send it directly to the charity. So do not pass go, do not collect $200, go from your IRA to the charity. If you do that, you don't pay federal or state taxes on that money. So think about this when you put that money in, it reduced your federal and state taxes. it grew tax deferred all those years and now, as you pull it out, you're not paying any taxes on it it's a It's a absolutely beautiful strategy, and it can really it can really help um in a lot of different ways
1: but so, so here's the thing if you're also then um if you're taking your required minimum distribution, many people don't know this but you're a qualified
2: charitable distribution can count towards your RMD. That's right. It helps satisfy that required distribution, even though the IRS isn't getting any tax money out of this deal. yeah, right? so if if you have to take twenty five thousand dollars out of your IRA, this is one of the ways that not all twenty five thousand has to land on your on your tax return as income to you. Because the portion that goes to that charity, directly from the IRA to the charity, as Kevin was describing, that that satisfies the IRS that you're being in compliance, but it does not get counted as income to you on the return. So you could state this mistake differently.
1: Taking your required minimum distribution all up front and then doing a QCD later. There's no way to undo it. If your required distribution was 20 grand, and you at the beginning of the year say, "Oh, I know I need to do this. I need to check that box," so you take 20 grand out, and then then the second half of the year you say, "Oh, I want to do some year-end giving. Uh, let's do a charitable, uh, qualified charitable distribution of another five grand." Well, only 20 grand is going to show up as taxable, but you took 25,000 out of your IRA, and really you're required to only take 20. If you would have taken the qualified charitable distribution up front, that five grand, then you're required the remaining amount of your required minimum distribution would only be 15 grand. And we're not supposed to do math on radio, but but getting it in the right order is uh, is critically important. You're not going to just don't I just don't think you're going to do that by accident. You you need to be working with the CFP doing planning around this so you capture this opportunity. All right. We've got a few more RMD mistakes. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT Studios, Kevin Corhorn. And Josh Gregory, every episode of The Wise Money Show is on podcast. It's a podcast for everything. There's even a commercial making a joke about podcasts for everything. But listen, there are, I'm sure, plenty of podcasts about financial matters and whatnot, but but our show, this show, go check it out because it's helping you make your next take your next wise step in your financial life, bring all six areas of your financial life together. And then from that perspective, what what Planning and what what choices should you make? So, uh, wherever you are listening to podcasts, search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Follow us there. We appreciate it. All right, we're we're in the middle of required minimum distribution mistakes. This is is my, our last opportunity for a public service announcement. If you haven't taken your RMD this year, you need to. You it's got to be done by the calendar year, unless it's your first year. But as Josh pointed out at the beginning of the show, no one had their first RMD this year. <laughs> no one. It was not. It's not allowed. They changed the rule, and so no one had their first RMD this year. Um, have you guys ever just just decide? Has there ever been a time when you've taken that option where in your first year, you in your first year of RMD, you can delay it until April, mm-hmm. April first, right? -hmm. I think it doesn't line up with the 15th like everything else because that'd be too easy. That's right. April 1st. But then you've got to take another RMD before the end of the year. Have you ever done that?
2: Yeah. I've done it once. Yeah. I've seen it done not on purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. Like we were getting started with someone and they didn't take it the first year. They had these, you know, basically three months of bonus time and we discovered. Uh, in that time hey you, you were supposed to do this last year you could have uh-huh. done this last year so we we took it and they avoided the penalty thankfully but it doubles up is the is the problem but so
1: so well, likely that doesn't make sense the issue is uh, these folks they were selling a business right Selling a bit so so this is back when it was seventy and a half and they yeah. were selling a business in that year before and it was like okay we don't want to add RMD to this so right
0: so Josh you said it doubles up that's the problem but Potentially, at, it could be at, this well, strategy, too. It though. could be a solution because you might have that whether you're selling a business. Now, it's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be 75. So, eventually, depending on your age, and that I'm assuming is going to uh, line up with when you're going to start being eligible for Medicare and drawing Social Security. You so, said a few
1: things today here, Kevin Cohorn said. Uh, you don't have to follow the tax rules, but then you later said, "But they'll they'll get you. They'll get you." Well, but you don't. Well, no, you don't you're have making, to. You're making claims on on Medicare. Wow. Okay. Well, no. I,
0: well, they they've you heard um, it here. Listen, these these guys in Washington have talked about entitlement reforms. I'm convinced it's going to happen. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This and this ties right into this is a happy accident. Here ties right into this next mistake, because. What if, if you were working a strategy to try to, for maybe your estate plan and tax planning and cash flow planning and retirement planning, right? So you can't look at any, you can't look at RMD and say, this only impacts my taxes. It, it impacts four, if not five of the areas of financial planning, maybe more. But if you're doing Roth conversions and you have a goal of converting a certain amount, you might take the option of saying in my first year of RMD, I'm going to delay it to the next year so I can do more RMD this year, and then it's worth it to double it up because next year my RMD will be a little less because I have less money in my IRA. So here's the thing. This is the fourth strategy.
2: I don't think anyone I, followed you. I think you said that actually wrong. Oh, okay. You The strategy is I'm going to postpone my required minimum distribution um, into the the second year, essentially, yep. so that I can do more Roth conversions. Is that where you were going and the Roth conversions by having then a
1: lower balance in my IRA because I've moved more of it to my Roth, my RMD will be lower. So yeah, I didn't finish the thought there because it is confusing. Yes, but, (laughs) but here, but here's, I guess here's a mistake. You cannot, you cannot do a Roth conversion of your required minimum distribution and therefore people that are aware of that and aware of this strategy, um, might look and say, okay, once it's RMD time, not doing Roth conversions. And and that's a mistake, that's a mistake. If you if you have have um if if the maximum amount of your Social Security is already on your tax return, mm-hmm. and you're taking your RMD and you're in the middle of a tax bracket, maybe you should consider doing raw conversions.
0: Yeah, and and because the the other thing is when I mean we've been talking about RMDs as if we're not taking any money out of your IRAs. For most folks, they're living on their yeah. IRA to to some extent, yeah. and likely the amount that you're living on. Is satisfying the required minimum distribution mm-hmm. so there are a couple things that we talked about one thing that you can and should do and one thing that you cannot do with your RMD with your RMD you can and should push that money to a charity to the extent that you're giving money to charity in that given year you cannot convert that uh, any amount of that RMD to a Roth IRA, as Mike just said, but if you are already taking a couple grand a month out of your IRA, your requirement of distribution is satisfied, absolutely consider the Roth IRA because if you're already paying taxes on a good chunk of your Social Security, then the the additional amount that you pull out of that IRA is only going to be taxed. It's not going to add another 50 or 85% to it.
1: Right. I'd be cautious. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Completely right that most people are supplementing their Social Security. They're living off of withdrawals from their IRA. And oftentimes that is set up as a monthly withdrawal and that satisfies the RMD. Well, if you're hearing that and saying, well, therefore, I will satisfy satisfy my RMD throughout the year. But I'm going to do a Roth conversion in February before your RMD is satisfied. Can't do it. You've got to take your RMD first before doing that Roth conversion. So just just be hmm, aware of that. I did that. not know that. Yeah, You gotta take In my first. mind
2: I would have said, Well, it's all showing up on a ten ninety nine at the end of the year and the IRS isn't gonna really know the timing or anything. Yeah. So yeah. logistically you gotta get one done before the other. Interesting. Yeah. That that that's like I talked to Caleb last night and he said, Dad, some
0: of these rules don't make sense. Like <laughs> you can't put your hands in your pockets. And so why can't you put your hands in your pockets? And he said this, you know, one of their higher ups was explaining uh, why you couldn't. And it was, there was
2: no explanation. Yeah, well, that's funny. Our listeners don't know where Caleb is, though. So
0: Caleb's in Quantico, Virginia at Officers Basic School, and he is a second lieutenant in the Marines. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. So, and yeah.
2: they've got. Definitely rules. Yeah, follow, like, huh? well, you
0: know, I know this for sure. I'm a proud father knowing that he's not putting his hands in
1: the <laughs> 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 All right, last mistake here uh, with RMD. And, and this one is, um, I, this one can be a little bit confusing. Uh, the other ones were very straightforward. But this one is, hey, I don't need this money, and I'm required to take it. So I guess just give me the money, and it'll sit in my checking account. I mean, if you don't need the money, that's 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 a fantastic financial situation to be in, but the mistake is not repurposing the dollars. I mean, there are just tons of financial planning options. I mean, you, you think about this. If you don't need the money, well, are your kids maxing their Roth IRA? What if you turn your RMD into dollars that won't be taxed again for the next 50 years and won't have an RMD with them? Now, yes, if you give the money to your kids, they could draw it out, whatever. But but this would be parlaying your financial plan into a wise tax strategy for your kids or maybe your grandkids. What about a 529 plan for them as well? And even if you say, I don't like my kids that much, <laughs> what if you just repurpose these dollars into an investment account for you? Just because they need to come out of the IRA and they can't go directly into the Roth, doesn't mean you don't have other choices.
2: That's exactly right because think about how long that money has been in the IRA growing and productive and doing something um, financially beneficial for you. Just because you have to pull money out of the IRA so that the government can tax you, it doesn't mean that those dollars then forever into the future have to be unproductive dollars they can they can still do something positive in your financial life. And as you were saying, Mike, it could even be a family member's financial life as well. but the the point is, uh, don't don't cause the government in their requirements for you to stay in compliance for taxes. To cause you to do something unproductive or unwise in your in your financial life.
0: Yeah, don't take productive dollars and make them lazy dollars, and yeah. just set that in your bank account earning point nothing.
2: It feels like there's
1: this there's this thinking that well, when I have to take this money out of my IRA, I can't I'm not I'm not able to invest it. Mm-hmm. I'm not able I'm not able to do anything with it. Which which that's the mistake. So all of these mistakes, as well as any others are going to be addressed and avoided by working with the CFP that's actually doing comprehensive financial planning. Your CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning, they're going to provide clarity, confidence, but also creativity, helping you in your financial life. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Korn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: I love this chair. Yeah. This chair was purchased in 1998. And it is, it is nearly perfect in every way, <laughs> yeah,
2: except molded, for the tears and the smells right and the stains and. What are you, th- <laughs> Joshua? <laughs> what <are> you- <laughs> it, it's been <clears throat> through a lot. <laughs>
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business has Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.